Welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. And today I want to talk about a topic in philosophy called the ethics of belief. Okay. I've been thinking about this, um, just a few conversations I've had with folks on, I guess, some controversial topics mm-hmm. that have the tendency to produce heated reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't happen in these couple of cases, but I think one reason for that is this perspective that I've come to have about belief and belief acquisition mm. uh, that might be helpful to our listeners as well. This is a pretty itself a hotly contested um, discussion in philosophy in the literature, but so it's not the final word. It's not the final word. Is this something that has recently changed in your thinking? You just said the way you've come to think about it. Is that something that changed recently? Did you read something or? Um, good question. Yeah, I would say in the relatively recent okay. history, within the past three to five years. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious what the catalyst is. If mm-hmm. this is something you've just noticed in yourself changing over time, which is kind of ironic because that is what we're about to talk about, is noticing oneself believing different things. Yeah, yeah. Right? So so, so let's <clears throat> frame it this way. Yeah. <clears throat> Got a little bug in my throat there. Okay. <laughs> so there's this uh, claim we could start with in the ethics of belief where uh, you ought to believe what you have evidence for. And you ought not to believe what you don't have evidence for. If there was ever going to be an ethic, uh, what you ought to do about belief, that's a pretty good starting place. You ought to believe what you have evidence for. You ought not to believe what you don't have evidence for. Mm -hmm. Don't go out on a limb and just start believing something you don't have evidence for. You know, Mm -hmm. and then uh, once you do have enough evidence, you should then adopt that belief. Don't. I don't know if this is really forever fence sitting. I don't know if this is really annoying right Mm -hmm. off the get-go. But that statement alone, that little ethical axiom, Mm -hmm. how do you come to believe that? What's the evidence supporting that? You ought to believe things you have evidence for. There's a claim, an ethical claim. You ought to do this thing. Yeah. What's the evidence supporting that claim? Well, good. So... You stumped me a little bit. Got him. I would say, this is going to be annoying, but the the first thing that flashed before in my mind was something about intuition. Mm-hmm. and just I'm fine with that. I'm fine okay. with appealing to a, a moral landscape, say an ethical landscape, mm-hmm. that some things are true ethically, and we have a sense about them. I'm fine with you appealing to that. I'm just wondering how making sure this thing's not self-defeating in some way. Yeah. I think a, a big argument in favor of it would be something of, um, like a reductio ad absurdum, assume mm. the opposite and then find a problem. Yep. So imagine it wasn't this way. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, where it's permissible then believe anything to believe without supporting evidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really don't. Or to believe the contrary of what the evidence points to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's how it was generated. Like the, the alternatives seem preposterous. If nothing else, uh, even if we don't go to the realm of the the ethical things would fall apart very quickly if evidence wasn't something we uh, valued when it came to constructing beliefs. If mm-hmm. it was believe anything, regardless of any evidence anywhere, our, our whole system would fall apart pretty quickly. Right. You know. Yeah. So there's a pragmatic sort mm-hmm. of incentive to adopt this. I think so. Way of thinking. Okay. Now, so does that strike you as a pretty? 
Yeah, it seems, like, would it seems you really it? reasonable. Okay. It seems reasonable, like when you say it. I don't mm. have a problem with it. Yeah. I should believe things I have evidence for and I should not believe things that I don't have evidence for. Now, maybe there's a distinction to be made in terms of what, what counts as evidence because mm-hmm. um, I don't think you're trotting out the old verificationism of, no. of sort of science of if I can't touch, see, smell, taste, measure, no, then no, I don't can... believe it. We can have a broad yeah. view of what okay. count as evidence. Yeah, 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 okay. So I agree that it's pretty compelling. Now, here's the common objection is we can bring in, I think, it, sorry, I'm, if I'm botching this, I think it was Hume who mm. first made the quip, ought implies can. So oh. there's something in huh. in ethics where if, you, if you're going to say that I ought to do something, then that implies that I am able to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I can't have a moral injunction that I am not able at all, or it's possible for me to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, it needs to first belong to the set of possible actions Clint can take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that so applying that to this case, uh, it's not immediately obvious. Actually, like when when you inspect it a bit, hmm. that this is something that's possible. So let's just apply the terms here. Uh, I ought to believe what I have evidence for. That's saying that I can choose to believe. You can steer it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I can choose to believe what I am going to believe on the basis of that evidence. Yeah. And now here... so You're saying the word ought implies with it sort of a volition, a choice of some kind. That, that you you're able... Well, just what is that when... If you, we take the ought implies can mm-hmm. and put it on this particular ought that we're investigating, yeah. what's the can that it's implying? Yeah. It's implying that you can direct your belief yeah. in a certain way. Okay. This is the thing that you have control over, that you have a moral decision to make about. Got it. Now, here are two kind of responses to, or two positions in this field that I kind of want to explore today. Mm-hmm. And it's called dogsastic voluntarism. Jeez. Big word. Or dogsastic involuntarism. And all this means is uh, dogsa, doxa having to do with belief mm-hmm. and voluntarism having to do with your free will or volition. So dogsastic voluntarism would be you have control over your beliefs. And you can choose to have certain beliefs or to not. Mm-hmm. And the involuntarist says it's involuntary. You just you more it's more that you just find yourself believing certain things rather than you're really directing your volition toward adopting a certain belief yeah right so for the uh dogsastic involuntarist yep i guess we can call them yeah. i'm not in control of then my they, they wouldn't agree to this statement you ought to believe things you have evidence for you ought not to believe things you don't have evidence for right for them then what is the relationship between belief and evidence what role does evidence play if it if it's not the case for that you know for someone who holds that view that you sort of gather evidence hold these choices before the mind and then choose. I'm going to believe this guy. I'm going to believe this way. Mm-hmm. If that's not how it works and it's rather what, a- as we're sort of pulling in evidential sources, we are just finding ourselves adrift in a sea of belief, mm-hmm. sort of riding the, the currents of the every wind of doctrine. <clears throat> uh, yeah, a bit. Okay. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's just, let's walk through some, just, uh, yeah, so just to be clear, the the statement, uh, I ought to believe what I have evidence for, assumes, I think, dogsastic voluntarism, that mm-hmm. I have 
a degree of choice over choose. this. Yeah. Okay. So before we can just be totally on board with that initial ethical axiom, let's try to solve this other problem of mm -hmm. is who's right, the voluntarist or involuntarist yeah. about your beliefs. Well, let's want, before we like cast too many aspersions about either view, let's just get let's just look at different things that we typically believe. Yeah. And see kind of what just do a, a, your just own, our own inventory. Anecdotal how have I arrived at my yeah. beliefs? So I have a belief right now that you are sitting before me. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I have any choice in the matter about this. I am so overwhelmed by my perceptual apparatus <laughs> that you are here. A lot of background assumptions about object permanence. Yeah. And that solipsism isn't true, that I'm not the only thing in the universe. Yeah. And so here, here you are. Do, do I have voluntary control over that belief could i really not believe it well what do you think about i do feel like i have the ability to almost like take different beliefs for a test drive or like like trying them on like a set of glasses like as you sit here couldn't you for a moment for three minutes mm -hmm. imagine solipsism to be true and inhabit that and and have a like get a sense of what would it be like to view the world from the perspective of a solipsist. Yeah. Couldn't good. you do that? I but could. then you're just saying that at the end of the three minutes, you'd go, well, I'm not convinced <laughs> or. Well, I would say there like, and this is where it's helpful to define what a belief is. Mm -hmm. I think a belief is a propositional attitude. It is an attitude I have toward a state, a state of affairs or yep. the, a way that the world is. And that attitude is accepting, holding, endorsing. Mm hmm. So the claim, uh, Tony is not really sitting here before me. It's a, a robot or it's a figment of my imagination or something. Mm -hmm. uh, sure, I can try that on for a little bit, but I have not, that is not a belief. I don't, I'm not doing the mental, the attitude of endorsing. It's of entertaining. It, can't it eventually reach that point though? Like I'm thinking to, um, I think there might be some beliefs in my life that like a set of glasses I tried on and never took off. And I was like, after a while, I was like, actually, yeah, uh, this makes sense to view it this way. Mm -hmm. Or like, I can remember uh, Dr. Craig in one of his Q and A's talking about a guy who decided to try atheism for three months or something. And, and then three months turned into the rest of his life. You know, it's just like the, the practicing of a different lifestyle or not cultivating a relationship with God in some way ultimately led him to disbelieve in that see God. that to me those both of those stories sound like involuntarism yeah okay he found himself no yeah, longer that, theistic. That's, that's the whole language of it if you ever attempted to use that phrase then you might be leaning more toward the involuntarism side that you just find yourself believing something so you tried something on you did make yeah. a voluntary decision and this is where i'd make the distinction uh of saying no it's not that you don't have any control over your beliefs you You're have not denying control. free will no no you have free will over how you choose to spend your time uh and that could include different sources or avenues of evidence that you're pursuing to help influence your belief forming process so the trying on of christianity or of atheism or whatever it happens to be or mm -hmm. of uh tony's skepticism mm -hmm. and i could or could not find myself believing that thing that I tried on for a moment. Okay. I I have another little pushback mm -hmm. there, though. 
if you're saying we do have control over, say, how we spend our time, where we search for evidence, that sort of thing, it seems to me that even the search for evidence would be influenced by prior beliefs that, that apparently I had no control over choosing to believe. I'm wondering how we have, has my whole life just been me being sort of a domino effect of the first thing I found myself believing that led me to search for evidence in particular places because of what I already mm -hmm. believed and then select among those to believe something new, well, find myself believing yeah. something else. You know what I'm saying? I do. So this is a tricky conversation that we're kind of holding, trying to hold before our minds several different like big philosophical arenas. Mm -hmm. One was ethics. Now we're talking about epistemology and how that works. And then over here, free will. Yeah. So, I mean, if you are a determinist or a fatalist of sorts, then then you're obviously going to be an involuntarist. Right. Everything falls in the category of you didn't have control over. Mm -hmm. um, so certainly some would say about your domino thing, yeah, yeah, man, mm -hmm. your life has been that way. And so has all other events in the cosmos. Yeah. If you are going to be a free will libertarian or libertarian view of free will, not political, but that just means like total freedom in the sense that I, I'm a unmoved mover that's unconstrained. I genuinely can choose among a range of options. Um, then I think you can still be a dogsastic involuntarist. It just means that's all, all that's saying is um, that you can't at any given moment just decide to believe something different. That you can, and that does seem you can freely choose to, to do certain things that will eventually influence that belief. Mm -hmm. It's almost like how about this? And, and how, how about this just analogy? Have... Just that hmm. the you are controlling the the sail for a sailboat of which direction to try to harness the wind, mm -hmm. but you can't make just make the wind go a different direction. Right. I don't know if that. So helps. there's actually some interplay. It's kind of a both end where you have you. There is some degree of domino effect, I think, in terms of prior beliefs maybe influencing what you even perceive as a possible uh, venue for evidence, you know? Mm -hmm. Prior beliefs could influence that. But I do have some choice over the world that it presents itself to me and where I look in that world. Or So I can see there being sort of a both. I actually think the sailboat analogy is a good one. You can't stop the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can hopefully harness it. No, I like that. So maybe in the, the immediate perceptual evidence and beliefs that arise from it is a pretty like strong case for involuntarism. But of course, there's other types of beliefs that we have and, and the ones that have maybe of more interest to uh, the inquisitive philosophical minds that are listening to this. Mm -hmm. uh, even in the Christian scriptures, a lot is placed on... I mean, the reason that this is important and worth talking about, a lot of emphasis is placed on belief. Oh, sure. Like it's real. apparently it's really important for you to believe these set of truths about the gospel or about Jesus Yeah. in order to whatever, at the very least have a flourishing life, perhaps life everlasting. Yeah. And so. And in fact, it's often presented as a something you have control, a choice you need to make, mm -hmm. choose what cha metanoia change your mind repent and believe the good news right so yeah so in these more complex beliefs let's say mm -hmm. that's not just immediate perception where i just feel overwhelmed i kind of have to believe right 
about the states of affairs that are right before me, but some are a bit more abstract, less clear. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joe Joe Biden. It, it's a good thing that Joe Biden was elected president. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really complicated mm-hmm. question. And let's say I come to have a belief about that. Don't I? You might wonder. Okay, I get that you might be involuntarist about this other, like more banal stuff, but. For more complicated things, you do have a choice over it, right? Do you feel tempted um, to go that direction? Where where the belief is so yes. complex that I'm piecing together, in order to even have the belief at all, I'm piecing together a lot of different things from different disciplines and mm-hmm. different areas, that, and then I just decide to believe one way or another. Yeah. It's certainly... Um you're right that it's not that sort of thing doesn't feel as compelling or overwhelming as your immediate experience sensory experience mm-hmm. does those sort of abstract things i don't know if i'm tempted to say i have more control over that because just as i i mean anecdotally just as yeah. i look at my own life and the way my beliefs have formed over the years i there I, aren't really these discrete yeah, moments I where you're like okay a, now i believe this i can't point to a moment in time where i sat there and went eeny meeny miny this one you yeah. know um, or even less random, where <laughs> where I had some intention, like evidence yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is more like uh, a gradual gradient, uh, gra- a gradual finding yourself thinking differently about things, mm-hmm. um, even finding yourself reacting emotionally differently than you used to, is a part of it. I find certain things get said that I would have resonated strongly with 10 years ago. Mm. And now I find no reaction inside or things that I would have been like, yes, now actually cause anger in me. That's weird. Something has changed, you know, and it's not the statement. It's something in me that's changed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm with you. So I think what this does for those pursuing the intellectual virtues, Mm -hmm. if, if dogsastic involuntarism is true, that happens to be the view I hold right now. I think it pays dividends in interpersonal relationships and conversations mm-hmm. because now I'm less. Uh, yeah, I guess I feel less likely to impugn another person with bad character traits or mm-hmm. motives when they have ideas that I think are bad. Yes, because they didn't. Because on my new story of involuntarism, they didn't sit down one day and say, I, okay, I choose that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there is really a lot of agency and control over that. Mm -hmm. I can kind of tell the story now where throughout their life experience and what's happened, they find themselves believing that right now. Yeah. Okay. And now maybe I will, maybe the things I will say next will contribute to that whole melting pot Mm -hmm. of data that their belief forming apparatus will well, select from to form the next one. This is one of the things that I I do find attractive about someone like a Sam Harris's view of, of free will, which his view is there. You don't have it. It's an illusion. Mm-hmm. And I get that that is uh, frightening, actually, in some ways. But the one perk that I do say, the one thing that does attract me to that view is when you think about the worst humanity has had to offer in terms of criminals or murder, whatever, you know, the worst people you can think of, 
if you assume they actually had no choice in any of that, and had I been born in their shoes, the dominoes would have fallen so that I do exactly the same things. That, um, it just causes you to have a bit more grace towards them, or at least me, mm-hmm. where you could see this serial killer being tragic in the same way a hurricane is tragic. It's like this horrible thing happened, these, and but there's no agent sort of behind it. Mm-hmm. And so let's deal with this tragedy. And rather than maybe punish this guy, maybe we can rehabilitate, maybe we can... Yeah. help him in some way um so i do find that attractive i see what you're saying that similarly even if we retain free will at large but this dogzac dogzastic involuntarism mm-hmm. it allows you in those conversations to have the same kind of compassion for where somebody's at in their journey of belief um this this is where they find themselves at this point right i yeah. mean and i have to watch myself too with these like hot button political topics of i don't know what it could be Abortion, mm-hmm. open border policy, whether to give money to inner city schools. I mean, there's yeah so many things where both sides might, like, frankly, just be completely bewildered at how another person could, could think, think that. Yeah. <laughs> they must be pure evil yeah. or something. Well, on this view, then, on well, on dogsastic voluntarism, that makes a little bit more sense why you might, someone mm-hmm. might be. Why would you choose to believe that? That's a horrible thing to choose to believe. Yeah. 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 Uh, Whereas with the involuntarists, they kind of find themselves believing it. Now, again, we can recommend. That's why like pointing people to sources of evidence or to do training in philosophy to where you kind of broaden your, um, I don't know, your vision for what would even count as evidence and being willing to look at what you think to be contravening evidence and seeing the value in that. There's all these different ways that we could influence our and other people's beliefs. Yeah. But just to demand like, okay, now think different. Think differently about this. Uh, so I, I don't I can't. Well then so on that, I just do want to go back to briefly the scripture piece and how this ties in with sort of Christianity and an emphasis on belief. Mm-hmm. What then is the right approach to I mean, a lot of the evangelism I've seen over the years is very much focused on getting them to say something, getting them to say they agree with something. Yeah, I think we brought dogsastic voluntarism to the table when we interpret scripture. We being the church. Yeah, yeah, just like traditional evangelical. It's like when you read the word belief, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking you've usually brought a whole philosophical parcel with you called Mm -hmm. dogsastic voluntarism. Mm -hmm. But why did you do that? Yeah, it didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> There's so many things like that that, that, we, that we bring to the table. Oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. Well, it could actually cause a lot of anxiety if if it's presented in this voluntaristic way, mm-hmm. and you find yourself struggling or unable to believe that particular yeah. thing. You know, like you could give it an involuntarist interpretation, mm-hmm. where um, you know it's less a command it is a just a statement yeah when you believe in your heart that jesus is lord then you'll be saved yeah okay that's this is something that will happen when i believe mm-hmm. okay and now i would like that to happen yeah so let me do some things in my life that will lead to it being more likely that i find myself having that belief yeah maybe i need to read more about who jesus was and what yeah, he said yeah. and what he did yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
than rather than the voluntarist perspective, which would almost more commend some kind of just like muster it up. Come on, well, find okay. it within yourself. Like believe it. Yeah, but okay. okay, isn't that? Don't people say that though? Fake it till you make it. Um, act yourself into a new way of thinking. Well, that's kind of bringing it full Choose circle. To... That's you brought that up earlier yeah. of the trying on. Yeah, a perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you still just. Yeah, you you maybe have the choice to try it on, but the attitude of endorsing, accepting, you can, believing you could want, arises. You could recommend that process, whether you're a voluntarist or involuntarist. The trying on of lenses. Yeah. yeah. It's just dep- the difference between these two views is, is there a moment when you take the reins of Activate your volition belief. and say, I believe it, and you have full control over that? I just, I'm not convinced. I don't, I can't think of a single belief that I have where that's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I can. So that's, what's so interesting to me about, this is one case of how interesting philosophy can be. We started with a very intuitive, uh, sensible idea that you ought to believe what you have evidence for Mm -hmm. and you ought not to believe what you don't have evidence for Mm -hmm. just the, like a good scientist, you know? Then you come, you just inspect it further. Like, and like when I really examine the phenomenology of my belief experience, yeah, it's not like I that. I can't do that, actually. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? I mean, is that a useful uh, axiom to throw? Because I've heard you throw that around before. You ought to believe what you have evidence for and ought not to believe things you don't have evidence for. You've heard me use that in favor of a position? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry, man, to call you out. I don't think I've heard you do it on the show, but okay, in private, mate, I've heard <laughs> you say that. <laughs> but maybe the way you believe, the way you think about it, has maybe just it has, changed over the years. Yeah, maybe I just found myself not <laughs> believing that or saying it as much. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I started the episode, at, I mean, people debate this. You know, I could be wrong, but as I but rep- anecdotally. Anecdotally, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. I find well, myself. I'd love to know what you at home watching, listening. What's your experience been? If you mm-hmm. if you have an experience of sort of uh, exchanging beliefs and worldview and that sort of thing, we would love to know what your experience has been with this. Do you feel like you've had control over what you find yourself believing, or which part of that process do you feel like you've had control over? Leave a comment on this video if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening at home. Um, you can always reach us mailbag at opentotruth.com and we interact with everything you guys send us. So Absolutely. we'd love to, love to hear what your experience is like. And if you like to read about ideas, we have a weekly blog that you can uh, go to opentotruth.com slash subscribe mm-hmm. when you get home. Just yeah. like, hey, I want to support the show. I'm going to go subscribe to this blog. It's good. It's three to four minute reads. Yeah, you'll love it. On these topics. You'll think to yourself when it arrives in your inbox, you'll think, man, I'm glad I did that. Oh. I'm so glad. That's what you'll think. <laughs> So give it a go. Openatruth.com slash subscribe. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching. All right. We'll see you next time. Stay curious.